Whether you're a writer of books or songs or a reader of books and a listener to songs, you're going to really enjoy these interviews with some of our leading songwriters and authors. I certainly enjoyed conducting them. My name is Sophie Green and I am your host. Amber Lawrence has won six Golden Guitar Awards, including one this year for Best Female Artist of the Year. She has released seven albums, the latest being Living for the Highlights, as well as three albums for children, The Kids Gone Country 1 and 2, and Aussie Aussie Christmas. She is a prolific songwriter across all sorts of genres of music, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to her, quite apart from the fact that she's fabulous. Hello, Amber. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's very lovely and lovely to talk to you. Uh, Now, your latest album is one of my favourite albums of recent times. I mean, I love all of your albums, but um, there's there's so much that goes on in it. Lyrically, musically, it's like a whole experience. But I wonder if you could tell us a bit about that album, how it was created, if you had a theme behind it and where it's taken you. Mm. Yeah, so I guess the first songs of those were written uh, early 2020 and recorded early 2020, three of the songs. Then that came out of the last album, Spark, when I just thought, great, that's gone really well. Let's keep the momentum. Let's release more music. And then, of course, as soon as I finished recording them, you know, March comes along, 2020, Mm. um, everything shuts down. I was on the verge of releasing that first new song and just went, can it? That's going to be a waste of time. So I didn't release any of my new stuff um, until partway through the second phase of lockdown, all of that. So from that moment on, I realised, okay, well, I've got all this time on my hands. It's time to start writing for the next album. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess I didn't set out with a theme in mind, but uh, the better songs I write for an album always come from stuff that's happening, stuff that I know about. I don't, pretty much don't write for my albums from an angle of, you know, what would the audience like? Mm. I write from, well, what what, what do I know? What's going to be a good song? Mm-hmm. That's the only way I'm going to write a good song if it's something that's coming and the lyrics are going to be better because I, um, I'm living it. Yeah. So lockdown had all of those elements for all of us and. Um, and so was able to write a lot and it all happened over Zoom. Um, I wrote a couple of songs just by myself, uh, did, did co-writes over the computer, which no one had ever really done before to any success. And that was your only option. And I wrote the first single, Bring It Back, about coming out of lockdown to a music festival and being shoulder to shoulder again. Um, and, you know, and it's been amazing to sing that one live. And and then, um, you know, personal stuff happened, which was sad and tragic and, and that kind of put, a, put some depth to the album that then shaped the whole album, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so I wrote the song Living for the Highlights. I think I wrote that, I um, can't remember exactly when I wrote that, midway midway through lockdown when, on one of those opportunities when you, um, you know, we could meet people again. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, that song was the last one to be recorded, but then it, it always happens that that becomes the album title and that was the thread. You, you know, I could, after much thinking, I was able to go, what is the thread of this album? And it, it was positivity and it was mm-hmm. because we all had to come out of um, lockdown with something. If you lived in any of the major cities, you really were hit hard. And if you're mm. a musician, you were hit hard. So you had to either come out of it with life-changing, I'm not going to do this anymore with my life or, hey, there's, I'm still going to do gigs and they're going to be even better. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
part of what's so interesting about your story is that music was not the path you originally set out on. Uh, you mm. actually became an accountant and you um, you put something on social media recently that reminded me that you left accountancy in your 20s actually to yeah. take up music full time. So I'm wondering if you could talk a yeah. bit about that transition from a very structured career, yeah. your professional career, to a, a big risk, I guess. Oh, yeah. it's a, I have a very unlikely path. Uh, there's not many people who have done it the way I, I did it, which is finish school, very studious, go to university with the, the plan of whatever I study at university, that's what I'm going to do for my job, get the ideal dream job straight out, out of university, um, which was at Qantas as a finance graduate, um, and then you know go straight into the study that you do after university, which was chartered accounting, two years of study, finish that, did well, got the job, and then, of course, I got a guitar and um, got that for Christmas from my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and we, I mean, I did have a, a bit of an enjoyment of singing and that was more a hobby and, you know, more of like, oh, karaoke, if, if all your friends tell you you've got a good voice. Yeah. Um, and so then my boyfriend gave me this guitar and I started learning guitar. He started learning guitar. It was a beautiful dream of us both being able to sit around the campfire playing. And then, of course, he dumped me, you know, not so long after that. And, you know, when I say dumped, like, you know, heartbroken. We were. Right. I thought that was going to be the man I was going to marry. Um, I was 23 years old, so probably too young. But um, so I was left with a guitar and I started writing songs. And that's really how it all happened. And, with, and I wrote my first song with never an intention of I'm going to win six golden guitars. It was, it was I'm writing a song for therapy. And then I started playing the songs. And then I started going to songwriters nights. You know, it was a long, just a long road of improving my skills. And, and I, I used to just sit at home every night after work, practicing mm -hmm. guitar and writing songs. Um, and then, you know, to, to say, it was so gradual that one thing led to another. The fact was I got enough songs to record an album. <laughs> I recorded that album. I think I was 28 years old when I recorded it. It got nominated for Golden Guitars and I really couldn't do both anymore. I couldn't be a serious chartered accountant mm -hmm. and then on the weekends be a musician, mm -hmm. drive home from wherever I was to get back to work and I had to make a decision and it was it wasn't really that hard to decide. You know, a lot of people go, gosh, that must have been hard. For me, it was actually harder to stay. It was harder to give up on a dream that seemed to have some kind of momentum to it. Um, and again, at that point, it wasn't like, well, I'm going to be rich and famous. It was just about I'm following what's really making me excited about life and people are liking these songs, so let's keep going on this journey. Yeah, and there's a song on one of your previous albums, Outrageous, which pretty much says it would be outrageous to not follow that dream. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, the most common thing people say to me is, you know, I wish I could sing or I never had the opportunity. And I know that would be me if I'd stayed in mm -hmm. a chartered accounting job. Yeah, I'd, I'd have a great job and I'd probably have a heap of funding in the bank. Yeah. Um, but I would be the person at a party going, wish I was that person on stage I could have done that I could have been that person hmm. so I just don't regret that um I gave it a shot and yeah still going
<laughs> no, but you said when you started writing songs, that was therapy for you. But of course, as time goes on, you become a professional songwriter as well as a professional performer. Uh, is it harder to find inspiration for songs or have you developed skills essentially to pluck those inspirations out of the ether? Oh, well, at the moment, definitely having a writer's block. Um, but I do trust in the process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a writer's block at the moment because last year was such a big year and it was successful, but it was exhausting as well. I put everything I could into that year to really achieve what I wanted to with the album, for it to be heard, for it to be recognised. Um, so I did that. I've come out of that quite exhausted and having to write new songs, I, I, I just kind of think, well, what, what do I write about? Uh, I, I don't want to write about everything I've already written about. I've done it many times, seven albums. So I am struggling a little bit to find inspiration, but I always know that once I go, come on, sounds a bit weird, but come on, brain, let the ideas come in. You mm-hmm. start listening more. You start watching movies and going, oh, that's, yeah, I could do a song about that. Or you, know, you say something to someone and instead of when you're not in songwriting mode, just not taking any note of it you'll, mm-hmm. you'll say to yourself oh that could be a song so that's starting to happen now where I'm always catching myself um saying ah, song idea and putting it in my phone and it's going to take a while for them to turn into good songs uh but at least I'm starting the process yeah so it sounds like for you it's yeah it's a conscious decision of like okay mm-hmm. now I am starting to make yeah an album I'm working towards writing the songs for that album and that really flicks a switch in your brain which is so interesting because I think you can probably only do that with your amount of experience if that makes sense yeah yeah and I think early on the first albums were written sorry can you hear the screaming that's quite all right. <laughs> oh, no. um the early albums were written much more like that just I just write because it's I'm inspired and I'm falling in love here and I'm breaking up there and I'm you know you're going through all these life experiences but I think anyone who gets a bit older and can't rely on their life to provide all of that emotional content mm-hmm. that's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be able to just tap into other people's lives. And I, I mean, my last album, there were quite a few songs about um, my best friend mm-hmm. who wasn't me posing that I wrote as I was her. Mm-hmm. She'd been through a divorce wow. um, and I was able to tap into what I was seeing her go through to write songs. So given that you have been writing songs for quite a while now, do you still feel like there are other songwriters who influence you the way they might have when you were starting out? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I think think songwriters are probably listening to artists more and seeing what's, what's happening in the world of country music and going, okay, that's, that's the style of music that people are listening to. Mm-hmm. I don't write that style. Mm-hmm. If I want to be relevant, if I want to move forward with my integrity, with my ideas still, but move into the next sound, mm-hmm. okay, who, who's writing that kind of stuff? So maybe that's probably what I'm doing. Um, yeah, right. Because I don't want every song to sound like the way I sound because you've got to evolve. You know, like when I brought out Bring It when I brought out Bring It Back, it's all of bees there. <laughs> um, that was like a different sound for me, but mm-hmm. it definitely was accepted as like a next phase mm-hmm. of the sound. So, yeah, I definitely want to keep moving forward with 
what the modern what what's happening in modern songwriting so I yeah I, I kind of listen that way rather than just purely at the songwriter mm. maybe I'll look at the artist first and go okay that's what's happening yeah interesting so your process when you get an idea for a song you said you were keeping notes on your phone and that sort of thing do you actually make time to sit down and write and think okay I've got to block out a few hours here just to wrangle this or do you tend to just wait for it to to feel like a wave rising and you think okay I've got to grab that now probably don't have the opportunity anymore to grab that wave when it's happening Mm -hmm. um just because of one touring have no time on the road to parenting mm. you have no time um so I definitely save the ideas up and might just bring it into a co-writing session mm-hmm. but sometimes I, it's, it's like if my guitar is actually sitting next to me out of its case and I'm doing whatever I'm doing and the wave happens then it's like oh great I can actually action this but you know if the, the guitar's in the car because you've got to go on the road next day it's just you're just going to save that idea and um, I'm not in a lucky position in a way that I don't have a music room where I live, so I'm constrained for space. Right. So, so the guitar's not always present and available, and and I do need that to to be able to just ride the wave. So it'd be nice. That would be the dream where I could have more space so that when creative ideas come, and time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm not in that spot at the moment, you know. And I will be again someday, I'm sure. <laughs> when your son is older. That's <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And I guess you know, anyone who's in the writing business knows that there are some ideas that you're not going to note down in time, that they might mm. be happening when you're just falling asleep or you're driving and you can't pull over and make a note of what they are. Do you ever feel regret for those ideas or do you tend to trust the process and think yeah. it's okay, I'll get something else or that idea will come back around if it's the right one for me? Yeah, definitely. I always come up with ideas when I'm falling asleep, never write them down, never remember them and, and just trust the process that they're there somewhere in the subconscious. And uh, it's amazing how sometimes an idea, especially in a songwriting session for me, if somebody starts playing the guitar and we're really, or, or they might play a track or a loop and we're really clear on what this song's going to be about, mm. it's just amazing how these things can pop into your head and it's like, it's awesome and so I do trust that and like I said at the moment a bit of a writer's block and I'm really gosh wow whatever I'm writing at the moment's just horrible but I'm like it's fine I've written good songs before there's going to be good songs in the future <laughs> I just gotta wait yeah right <laughs> yeah so um for someone who's starting out as a songwriter or any kind of writer do you have a tip if they're feeling like they mm. just have no idea what the first thing is to do. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think the best thing is that we all know how to write a song. Everybody knows how to write a song because we listen to songs all day. You right. know, we, we learn songwriting craft by listening to the radio. It, it, most songs follow the same format, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Um, so if you are starting out and you've, you are passionate about songwriting, then it's really about finding something to say that matters and then if you can find something to say and be able to then put melody to it some of the earliest songs I wrote I did copy structures of chords you know I I didn't know where to go but I went well that song's got these four chords okay that's what I do I didn't copy melody I didn't copy lyrics but I copied 
structure and um so that's one piece of advice but something i do say and i've always got to give myself this advice too is re-editing your songs will never make them worse you know you're only going to improve by going back and and changing a word tweaking this adding a melody because you know the first draft of a song that can be the one you record but then the second draft it's going to be better than the first draft and if it's not better then you just nailed it on that first time but at least make sure (laughs) there's not a second draft or a third draft and the way I do that most commonly is by um, listening to my songs while I'm driving. Okay. So before I record them, I put listen to the um, work tape while I'm driving and you'll find, I find that a word will pop out that is so much better than the word that you originally wrote or a rhyme will come. And I think that's that left brain, right brain thing. Mm-hmm. While you're driving, you're like, thing like that. oh, that word would be much better there. So that's something I've found that really works is just, take your first verse, drive around with it and just keep improving it. But yeah, there mightn't be much that needs changing, but you'll always find bits that um, just you, you tidy up, I guess. Yeah. And was there anyone who gave you any writing advice when you were starting out? Not really. Oh, well, my guitar teacher was um, the person that made me write a song. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I was a songwriter. And he said after the summer holidays, you know, summer break, I want you to write a song and you know that all coincided with breaking up with the boyfriend and Mm. (laughs) so it was it was great um but then I guess the next the next memorable songwriting advice I received was much later and it was Troy Daly who just in a quick conversation said to me you know you can write about your life like you can write about your hometown you can write about even though like for me I always thought well I'm not from the country I'm not And that's really what led to me writing The Lifesaver, um, which was, you know, a real ballad about my dad and mum from Maroubra. So, yeah, so his advice of just like thinking small rather than, you know, you've got to write about everything. Yeah. You write what you know, what's close to your heart. Um, And then, you know, like The Lifesaver is the most personal song. You know, it's so Mm. specific, but so many people relate to it even yeah. though their mum and dad wasn't a lifesaver and um, beauty queen, but they, they say that's the pe- their song about their parents too. So it's really weird how the more specific you can be sometimes is the most general. Yeah. I get teary every time I think about that song. <laughs> and The Man Across the Street, another yeah. one of your songs, which is a very personal song. It's about you as a child and, and a neighbour. And, again, yes. not a song about the country, but it is a song that is very specific to your experience. Yes, and and again, like that's a, a very specific story about that one person and me crossing the road as a little kid, yet universally it's adaptable because everyone knows that man that lived across the street that no one really liked, but one day he kind of helped someone and yet then you learn to understand his story. So, um, yeah, it's always good having these chats because it always reminds me to go back to those basics, you know. Yeah. In, in this writing block moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's and it's fantastic advice for other people as well. Now I'm going to ask you one last question, which is you're a musician, so I'm going to ask you if you have a favourite author or book that you'd like to share with us. Oh, gosh, I was meant to prepare this answer, wasn't I? Um, <laughs> and you don't have to. <laughs> oh, look, one book, though, and this is very cliché because it's 
Oh, you know the books that I'm really enjoying, actually. Adam Kay, um, he's oh, yeah. a doctor mm -hmm. um, that became a writer. So it's quite an interesting story. He's no longer a doctor. He's a hilarious writer. Um, so it's all about his journeys as as a, as a doctor. Um, but but I did love Where the Crawdads Sing, um, the book, not so much the movie. Oh. Uh, but I'm look, I love reading, but it's it's um, it's a leisure pleasure you know it's like mm. time is deprived but you know it's the hardest part picking a book isn't it it's like yeah. netflix like right. you need <laughs> <laughs> like music you need someone to tell you what's good what to read yeah well i think that's part of my job here to tell people what to listen to and what to read yes. amber yes. your advice has been amazing it's been so interesting to talk to you and people can go and, and find your music on streaming services or cds i think available from your website maybe yes. um Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And if you do go to Spotify, don't be alarmed if you hear one of the songs we've talked about and then and then we break into um, a song such as Down on the Farm or Big Mac Truck because they are children's <laughs> songs intermersed into my catalogue and sometimes people are like, what is this? Well, <laughs> actually, I'm back to, I, that's just reminded me, I forgot to ask you about yeah. writing. I said at the top I was going to ask you about different mm. types of writing, so I wasn't going to tack yeah. this on as a coda. But, yes, you do write for children. As I said, you've written for other sorts of things. Is that a, a gear change in your mind when you're writing that? Like you have, a, have it almost as a separate compartment? Totally. Yeah, kids' songs are more about what is this song about? How do we make it fun? How do we make it enjoyable? Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, you're not writing from how do I feel? What are my, where's my emotions? You're like, this is a song about going to the beach. What do you do when you go to the beach? You get sand in your shoes. Um, what, what, what words can we say that, that, you know, make kids think of silly things? And it's, yeah, some people would say writing for kids is hard, which is, but it's also very fun. I love it because it's just, it's just fun. You're like, am I laughing? Great. <laughs> That'll do. Yeah. I think that's also fantastic advice about writing books for children. So Yeah, true. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Application there. So yeah, again, thank you so much for all those tips. And thank I'm you. now going to listen to the lifesaver again. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much. And it's always good to talk to you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Writing Books and Music podcast. If you'd like to know more about the writer you've just listened to, please go to the show notes.